All right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, Make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right? Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. He found a mobile home near a a mobile home uh, truck stop. And what he said was like, you know what? He rented out per room to drivers and he was getting and I think he was getting like five hundred dollars per room. The opportunity is out there, but you have to stay committed and you have to stay consistent within the business. If this is something that you really want, you can't allow that one no to, you know, turn you away from a potential business opportunity when there's so many other parks out there. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. All right, y'all, so let's get into it. Hustle fam, hustle fam. Listen, we got a dope show for y'all today. I got my family in the building from the Shy, <laughs> Shy Town. Some people call it Shy Rack. What y'all call it? I mean, we call it Chicago. Yeah, we, you know, we, we still we gonna still keep with the Shot Town, man. The Shot Rack stigma, you know, we can't, you know, I understand we're going with it, but we don't like, you know, identifying with the Shot Rack, man. Right, right, right. One of my favorite shows, man. I watch the Shot every Sunday, man. I I, I, right. I love that show, man. I'm like addicted to it. Is that like a good? Is that like a good depiction of Chicago? That show. Somewhat, it, it is. I would say somewhat. I, I would say the cool thing is we they've actually by our old house. They were filming. They filmed yeah. at least like four or five episodes from over there, man. So that tells okay. you it was in the hood for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Chicago is a beautiful city, man. I mean, like a lot of people who haven't been there, like they hear, you know, the the stigma and you think like it's the hood or something. Like Chicago is beautiful. Some of the beautiful yeah. architecture, the buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Barack Obama lives in, Ch- in Chicago. <laughs> Farrakhan's house is in Chicago. Um, really, really dope real estate out there. Yeah, yeah, man, amazing time right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I got to get out there soon. But um, so uh, uh, you know, for the for the people who don't know, uh, I'm talking to to Byron and Shawnice. Um, together they are the mobile home elite investors, right? So the dope thing about this show is we talk about trucking all the time, right? We talk about trucks, we talk about trailers. But some of y'all don't know y'all can live in a trailer too, right? <laughs> Saying, you don't only have to use a trailer to move commodities. There's also you could also live in one. So so these guys, um, you know, they 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 created um, what, 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 what how can I say? It? I mean, you guys have courses and stuff, but but you guys have learned to basically monetize 
these trailers and these mobile homes. So we're going to get into that for the audience. I think this is, this is dope. This is something that, you know, a lot of people probably haven't really thought of. They probably passed mobile homes before in their travels and really didn't pay any mind, or, you know. So this is going to be a dope conversation, man. I really look forward to it. So th- thanks for being on the show, first of all. I appreciate oh, man, thank you. Thank, thank you, for you for having, having us. us. And, 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 and welcome to Truck and Hustle. All right. So listen, so let's get into it. Um, let's start with you guys. You guys are an amazing, beautiful couple. Um, Byron, let's, let's start with you real quick. Tell me a little bit about your backstory, kind of how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, first, I was actually one of the first graduates of college, you know, in my family. Um, I grew up in a, in, a, in a very religious background. And I know college was something that was kind of different going away to college. And uh, man, you know, for myself, man, I think it all started for me. I was I was one of the best basketball players in my neighborhood. Right. And so I got saw. recruited. I got recruited for, for hooping. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Okay. No, I hear you. Right. He yeah. said, so you say. <laughs> hey, look, yeah, go check the ledger. You know. <laughs> okay, man, we got to check the stats on that. We got to check the stats. Yeah. A lot so of balls come out of the shot, too. A lot yeah. of balls. A lot yeah. of them, man. Yeah. And, you know, for us, that was one of the things that we really had, you know, saw in front of us was basketball or, you know, the other way out. And basketball was something that I truly loved and um, ended up getting recruited for, for, for basketball. Went to a D2 school, graduated, and I went right into transportation. And that's what I love, the fact that we doing, we on the truck and hustle. So right. I've been in the transportation industry for over 10 years. When I was on the brokerage side, I worked for companies, Siege Robinson, the Snyders. I worked for some, uh, some smaller 3PLs. So I knew the industry in and out. But while I was in the industry, you know, wealth had really, you know, captured my captured me. And I started kind of dipping and diving in real estate. And it was actually a driver um, who, who who had approached me and was just like, he saw me looking on Redfin. He was like, yo, have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? And I'm just like, no. He was like, well, you're not serious about real estate. Mm. Now, here I am. I'm, the, I'm, I'm his manager. And I'm right. kind of taking away with ego. Like, man, what you right. talking about? Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he, he'll come back every day. Like, have you got that book yet? And I'm like, no. He said, you're not serious about real estate. And it kind of was pushing my button. So I finally, I was like, okay, let me order this book. Let me see what bro talking about. Yeah. Ordered the book. He sat me down and he was just like, listen, Byron, he's, I Googled him. He said, I was worth, I was worth $5 million at one point, right before the crash, but I lost all of it. And he was like, I'm going to get it again. He's like, right now I'm at rock bottom. But that conversation with me, he had quit the next day to go back and build his empire. And I mm. respected him for that because he opened my eyes up with that book and he didn't realize how he changed my life. And Fast forward, you know, I was about to get a real estate. I had, uh, I was about to close on a multifamily, uh, multifamily property in Chicago, March 2nd, the basement flooded. I go back to work March 3rd, I was fired. So now that changed my whole trajectory. I'm like, yo, you know what? I, I remember going ghost on Chinese for like a week because I was embarrassed. But at the same time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I right. had been screaming this entrepreneur life for since she met me. And so now I was forced, my back was against the wall. And so throughout that time, I tried a lot of stuff, tried a lot of different stuff, MLMs, different businesses. And I remember I was at the point I was driving Lyft and I remember a podcast came on about mobile homes and I, the, my customers at the time was like, can you turn that off? So I sent it over to Sharnice. And when I got home, she was just like, yo, this is what we doing. And I was just like, okay, cool. Let's, let's get it there. And that okay. from there changed our whole trajectory. Dope, dope, dope. I love it. All right. So, so Sharnice, talk, let's talk a little bit about your background. Do you, or were you in transportation also or, or no? no? No. So my last nine to five job, I actually worked for the gas company here in Chicago, but my overall background and what I got my college degree in was social work. Okay. So 
prior to me actually working for the gas company, I was a, <clears throat> excuse me, I was a case manager here um, for the state of Illinois, working with, you know, families in need who were looking for homes, uh, affordable housing, low income families, also working with um, children with developmental disabilities. So that was really my background. As far as my entrepreneurship journey, it really didn't start until I met Byron. Because okay. he was the first person in my life, like none of my friends, none of my family ever preached entrepreneurship. Like everybody was just, you got to get a good paying job. You got to try to get a job making at least a hundred thousand. You know, you got to go to school. You got to get that good college degree. So he was the first person that I met that was really like pushing entrepreneurship and like building your own brand and building your own business. So like he said, he, um, he was already on his real estate journey as far as trying to get a building here in Chicago, but that didn't work out. And then once we had, you know, got back together, we were trying to get buildings together here in Chicago. So we were going to house hack. We were going to get two buildings, live in a unit, and then rent out all the other units. But due to capital and just our credit at the time, you know, he was already on his entrepreneurial journey. I was a new entrepreneur. So we were using a lot of credit in the beginning, mm-hmm. using a lot of credit to, you know, uphold our lifestyle that we were living at the time. Right. So when he had found that podcast on mobile home investing, you know, like he said, like he was driving Lyft at the time. So um, his passengers, they didn't want to listen to it. So he sent it over to me. And yeah, I was excited because the biggest thing I heard was the low capital. It was the low capital. It was the low credit. And it was really the affordable housing that they talked about. And it was just like a light bulb had went off because I'm like, wow, that's like similar to what I was doing when I was working in social work. But now I can build my own around that. So like he said, he came home and I told him straight up, like, look, I know you're trying to get them, you know, you're trying to go the traditional route. And you want to get those buildings, but we about to get some mobile homes. We about to do it a different way. And he was with it. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. So you said you started out with a, you're trying to do a multifamily building, right? So at this time, you're still working, you're still working a job, um, you're doing Lyft and you're like, all right, I'm going to get into real estate. And you say mobile homes. So when you heard mobile homes, what was it about mobile homes that kind of just really stood out to you? Yeah, so it was really the affordability. Um, mm-hmm. It was something new to us. Like, you know, we had the stereotypical things, trailers, 8 Mile, and, you know, Trailer Park Boys. We had, because we from, again, we from Chicago. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now let's get back to the show. Chicago, so we don't see no mobile homes, you know, so, right. um, so, I mean, really was, I mean, you said affordability and it was just like, this is new. This is new. We don't know nobody who does this. So this is something that let's try it. Like we got nothing to lose to so myself before that man, I had got car repo. I was broke. I had, I had all of the worst things that happened. So for me, it was like, I got nothing else to lose. Let's right. go for it. Right. Now, now, was this something that like dif- difficult to find the actual mobile homes? Like, how'd you go about finding your, your first mobile home? 
Yeah, so the beautiful thing, so in Chicago, we didn't actually even realize that it is an actual mobile home park in Chicago, but it's only one that's actually in the city of Chicago. But what's crazy is that it's actually on the border between Chicago and Indiana. So it's really Indiana, but it's Chicago, if you get what I mean. Gotcha. (laughs) Really, once we realize, once we start driving down the highways, so, and this is in every city, not even just Chicago, but down every highway, you're going to start seeing those are the rural areas. You're going to start seeing a lot more mobile home parks in those areas versus the city. So when Byron and I, we honestly just start Googling like mobile home parks in our area, we would put Chicago and then we would start even going further out, just Illinois in general. And then we would do what we call driving for dollars. We would just get in our car and just start driving down the highway and just start driving into these mobile home parks, looking for for sale signs, and then actually going to speak with the park managers to see if they had anything for sale. Got you. So for, for for the people who don't know, let's get really, really basic. What What is a mobile home? Yeah. So a mobile home, uh, aka manufacturer home, is a home that's made inside of a factory and then it's transported to its location for, you know, for final setup. Uh, mobile homes can be moved. I think sometimes when we say mobile homes, people get confused with RVs, which, you know, mm-hmm. the recreational vehicles, which are vehicles that you can drive. But mobile homes are stationary. So they're, they actually look like single family homes. Um, but the fact that they just the only difference is they're just made inside of a factory, which, co- you know, saves costs. And that's the reason why they're so affordable, because they're not you know, made by hand. They're made by machines, inspected and all those things. So instead of, a, you know, if I buy a $12,000, I'm sorry, 1,200 uh, square feet mobile home, um, I'm sorry, home, you know, that home's going to probably cost me building everything. It's going to probably cost me 150000 right? But a mobile home, be, with it being possibly sometimes 30 homes made a day, that same mobile home may only cost me $54,000 brand new. Got you. So, they, and they also have like the chassis on them to move them, right? So, yes. h- how do they how do they determine where the mobile home is going to go? Like, how does that process work when they 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 manufacture them? How do they get from the manufacturer to the specific mobile home or whatever park they get located? And is that determined by the purchaser? How does that work? Yeah. So it definitely is determined by the purchaser, right? So what I love about mobile homes, most mobile homes you will see in mobile home communities, right? Which is zoned for um, for a mobile home community. So um, what I love about within trucking, I want to definitely throw this bug out to your listeners, but this is an industry that there's a lack of mobile home movers that are out there. So mm. to all my, my guys that have your CDLs, man, like honestly, there's this definitely a need. There are so many mobile home communities looking for movers. So, but, so from that is determined, like I said, they're either going to a mobile home community or for example, like Chinese and I can buy land. We have our own land and then we can actually go get a mobile home moved to our actual land, which will turn into real estate. So, um, so yeah, man, that's, that's how they really determine it. Got you. So, so basically the community has to be zoned for the mobile homes. The purchaser would then move their mobile home to whatever, whatever community that is. And then they can move it anytime to other communities. Yes. If they want to. And that's dope. What you just now mentioned right there, that niche, that's probably a very um, specialty niche that I'm sure pays some. Do you know how much it, it, they, 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 they charge to move mobile homes? Yeah. So normally, um, so I'll say this, uh, and, I, and it just crossed my mind, the mileage uh, per, per mile what they're paying. But I know um, most mobile home movers start off at three grand. 
right? Start off in most states, start off about three grand under, and that's under a hundred miles. Um, it really depends. Some sometimes it's per per mile. I think I've heard is as high as almost like twenty five dollars a mile. Um, and and yeah, just really you know getting the right permits and and yeah, you can get it you know get it going. Got you. All right, so let's talk about um, your startup costs for somebody who wants to get into this business. What are they looking at as far as startup? You said it's very um, affordable. So what is affordable? So affordable to you might not be affordable to the audience. So let's talk about that. <laughs> right. So when Byron and I first started, we, and even now, but that's based on the relationships that we have built with our park managers that we do business with. But we kind of started around that $5,000 range. So when we first started, we wasn't buying anything. We wasn't rehabbing anything that was going to cost us over $5,000. But again, that's specific to our individual market. So we're here in the Midwest. And just like traditional housing, even with mobile homes, it's going to depend on your market. So if you're in a higher market like California, New York, or even like, you know, Southern Florida, you may see some higher mobile homes, you know, you may not find those $5,000 mobile homes, but then you may see some for like 12, 15,000. And when you compare that to the traditional, you know, profits and prices that's out there, it's still affordable. Got you. And how does financing work for a mobile home? Do you have to come with all cash? I mean, does it work the same way as like you're getting a mortgage? What's, what's the difference there? Yeah. So Here's like most normally, you know, like we said, when you're under that $10,000 range, you know, we we encourage you to either use your own cash or go get a personal, you know, personal loan. They have financing companies. Uh, one specific is called Triad. Um, and then Warren Buffett has two financing companies, 21st Mortgage Corporation and Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt and uh, Company. So, you know, there are financing options for mobile homes. Um, and then we always encourage people, OPM, other people's money. Right. If you if you're able to, you know, find a deal, break it down, show somebody that you can give them a, you know, a, a good return. That's an option for you as well. Got you. Now, when, when you purchase these more mobile homes, what are you looking to invest? I mean, is there a, a threshold where you don't want to invest too much because it won't get you the value out of the out of the tenant? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is if you're looking to flip, you you definitely want to be cautious. You want to we all tell people you want to know your market. So here's a tip for the listeners. If you're doing it inside of a mobile home community, you want to ask the park manager are homes in this community selling for cash or are you guys asking for more people that are looking for payments? Because if you're looking for payments, people are looking for affordable payments, right? And when you offer payments, you're going to be able to get your money in the long run, right? Like buy and hold, which you, but if you're looking for like, you know, again, that flip, you're like, okay, I want to invest, but I want to turn and turn my money around and, you know, in four months or so. If that community doesn't have that demand, then you may not make the amount of money that you're looking for. So it's really about that 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 demand, you know, for for what what's really out there. And then all gotcha. I'm trying to say it's also about the lot rent too. Mm-hmm. So feeding off the payment. So in a mobile home park, or even if you have mobile home on land, it's you're gonna pay. Well, your tenant buyer and your buyers is gonna pay what we call lot rent. So lot rent for all the listeners out there is equivalent to like an HOA fee for like a townhouse or a condominium. But in a mobile home park, you're paying for the land. So that's you paying for the land and the amenities that you know the mobile home is sitting on. So when you talk about payments you have to budget in that lot rent because when we talk about the affordability of the entire payment, you want to make sure that your tenant buyer can afford not only what they have to pay you for the mobile home, but that they can afford the lot rent as well. Got you. Are there any like taxes associated with this? 
Like real estate taxes or something that's comparable to a real estate tax? Aside from lot rent? No. So the cool thing is it's just personal property tax. And Mm -hmm. that personal property tax is just like on your car. So it is very, very low. Like here in Illinois, a year I'm paying like $167 per my house. In Indiana, I was paying, it went up. It was $35, but now in Indiana, I'm paying $67. So very, very low. Um, that's for the years. Wow, that's dope. What about like insurances for like for to cover them? Uh, is insurance expensive? No, so insurance is going to be um, manufactured housing insurance, and it's similar to what you get for renter's insurance. So you can get it through like State Farm, Geico, you know, your normal insurance companies. Just you just have to ask them, and it's normally just like twenty dollars a month. It's very affordable. Wow. Wow. So you said um, you said you're buyer tenant. So are most the relationships that you that you have people who are looking to eventually purchase this mobile home from you? Is that kind of how it works? Yes. Yes. And so what we do, we offer rent to own because we understand at the end of the day, we want this tenant to be able to have their own. So similar to like a car. Right. We're doing, you know, terms from two to almost seven years. Right. And it was like 60 months, 72 months. And the reason why, because we understand that it's just, you know, they're in a market for affordable housing. And so, you know, even though we see the value, what I love about it is we're finding these gems for $2,000, $3,000, but on the long run in payments, we can turn that to 15, 25,000, but we're still offering affordability. They're still getting a roof over their head for under $30,000. So it's a win-win, you know, our aspects. Got you. And when you're structuring those deals, is it just based on the your your client's need, or do you have like a specific um, structure that you like to that you like to use? Yeah, I feel like it's really just based on the market. I feel like it's based on the market of where the actual mobile home in the mobile home community and what is um, where it's located, and then based on that, it kind of goes back to just knowing like what we can potentially charge for our rent to own, or if we decide to flip, well, we can potentially put it back on the market to flip. Yeah, and and also to piggyback off Sharnice, you know, we always look at like here's the strategy we we use. We look at what's the average apartment rent. So whatever the average apartment rent, that's what we make sure we're in line. So for example, let's say the average apartment rent is right at a thousand. If the lot rent is six hundred dollars, then we know we can kind of we can charge four hundred, be in line with the apartment rent, right? Mm-hmm. Which we still offering affordability. They're only paying us four hundred dollars a month cash flow over a period of five, you know, five to six years, and the park and, and then the park is getting their money. So that way they have an affordability that they're locking in a rate, and then you know again they're still in line with the market as well. Got you. So, so, so typically um, the goal is not really to hold too much inventory. You're always kind of like turning mm-hmm. over inventory and just moving. Yes. 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 Dope, dope, dope. I, I, I love it. All right, cool. So um, what are some, some areas that you guys know that are big for these mobile home c- communities? Like, like you, you said, you found that little jewel in, in <laughs> Indiana, Chicago. What are some yeah. other areas that are booming that people, you know, if they're listening, like this is the kind the place where you want to go? Man. Um, so, of course, we always say our own market, Illinois, Indiana, um, based on our students, I'm going to say Georgia, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina. Yeah, if you're willing to take the risk, California. Yeah, California. Why, um, you say, why do you say willing to take the risk? Because here's the thing. Most people, when they hear us say $5,000, they're like, I can't find out in California. And it's because your market doesn't demand that. But if you're willing to invest 15, you know, 15 and 
Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Chiffre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. 20 grand, you can turn that 15 to 20 grand to 50 to 70 grand just because they, they command yes. their margins. The, rents, the rents will be more and then yeah. Yeah. higher. Yeah. Right. With, but with the same type of opportunity, that same uh, mm-hmm. tenant to, to yeah. owner. Mm, yep. Got you. So you said you said California, if you want to take that. You said at Atlanta. You said uh, Georgia, rather. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, really just all of down south, <laughs> all of down south, Midwest, even Jersey, Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> I like Jersey. that. I need I need yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, New York. The thing is, most people, what I if you're willing, it's mobile home parks are in rural America. It's over forty five thousand mobile home parks in the country. Like wow. if you're in Jersey. I think Jersey has a loan over, if I'm mistaken, it's over like 600 mobile home communities. Yeah, it's New, like 600. New York has uh, New York has right at like 1,099 communities. So it is so many communities. But the thing is, we normally live by cities. So we yeah. only want to travel, you know, within the 30, 30 mile radius. But if you're right. willing to hit that road, you're going to be you're going to see like, oh, my, like, wow. Like, I didn't know all this opportunity exists. Right, right, right. And how do you find those communities? If you're just sitting home and you're in New Jersey, how do I find opportunities in Chicago or in Indiana or Georgia? How, how do I do that? Yeah. So the one thing, the first, I'm going to give you guys a, a gem. First thing you want to do is you want to go to Google Maps and you want to type in mobile home parks. That's going to give you everything that's around you. You can take that cursor. You can just literally just see the whole country with every mobile home park. That's when we first started. We just made a, a, a huge spreadsheet, numbers, phone numbers, saw reviews. And then for your listeners, I think another thing is right on your phone, you can do the OfferUp app, right? You can go in there and just type in, you know, mobile homes for sale. And, you know, you, you'll start to start seeing like people, you know, putting mobile homes on there for sale. Got you. And how do you find um, buyers? So really the same like offer up um the biggest thing um is a for sale sign people sleep on those for sale sign because we're so prone you know we're all about internet 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 but majority of our cash buyers just comes from people literally just calling our business phone number off the for sale sign and Mm. that's a sign that of course we just put up in the window got you got you do you guys do like other marketing as well like out there like online just like to get some like traffic, some SEO traffic or whatever? Yeah, so for the most part, not, not more so F, uh, I'm sorry, uh, SEO traffic, but we understand where our customer base is, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of your customer base will be like on the Craigslist. They'll be, a, you know, some type of messaging boards. Sometimes they're in Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just really, you know, the biggest thing is partners with partnerships with the, with the park manager. Yeah. Like they, they the plug pretty much at the end of the day. Right. So, you know, there so many people are coming in every day asking for houses. So when you make that relationship, they can say, well, you know what? 
we have houses, but you know, I have an investor on the park who has a house that may fit your need as well. And a lot of times we get leads like that. Got you. Dope. All right. So Sharnice just said something. She said her students, right? Y'all students, a lot of y'all students. So talk about that. How did you guys go from actually doing this yourself on a regular basis to even wanting to get into teaching uh, your processes and everything to other people? Talk about that. Yeah. So I feel like because we started MHEI in November of 2018. So a little bit before that, I remember Byron coming home and he kept telling me like, Shar, we got to teach this. We got to come out with some type of program. We got to like, it's, it's crazy. These returns we get in the amount of money we've been making. Like we got to share this, especially with our people, because we knew that, you know, even when we start telling, you know, our family, our friends that, you know, we doing mobile homes, they looked at us like we was crazy. <laughs> like mobile, like y'all from the South side of Chicago talking about some mobile homes. Right, like, right, right. I can imagine. You know, so it was really, it was really more so like we just knew that we had to give this to our people because we didn't know anybody else at the time that was teaching or even showing individuals how to invest in mobile homes. Got you, got you. And 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 how'd you get that process started to actually start teaching people how to do this? Man, so it was, I think one day I think we just sat down because we you know you can you over, not say you're overwhelmed but mm-hmm. you know you're seeing other teachers you're seeing how great their quality of product is and you're just like okay how can I come in this marketplace but when we really just sat down and just said okay let's let's write down steps from A to Z everything that we know and that's what we did and then from there you know develop you know PowerPoint slides and you know we didn't really know and honestly our course we you know we just went ahead and just just put it out that was the biggest thing we just like put it out. It didn't have to be perfect. We knew we can fine tune things later, but we're just like, we're going to put the information out and we're going to get the feedback. And the feedback was great. Mm-hmm. Right. As soon as it's a, the first time, because honestly, what I'm saying, we started from the bottom. At first we had our courses on YouTube and we'll just, yeah. and we'll, they'll be unlisted until some one lady was just like, yo, I could have got this for free. What you mean? Why are you, why are you selling this? <laughs> and so we, you know, we had to understand we had to step our game up, but it was just the imagination of, continue to just like, okay, how can we get better? How can we get better? How can we get better? And it became, when you start helping people, your focus, our focus shifted because don't get me wrong, we were still doing the real estate, but the fact that we were able to share the information and then start seeing people really start to go out there. It was yeah. like, oh man, that energy just really fueled us. Got you. What, what's the number one quality you think somebody needs to have to get into this type of um, investing? Hmm. I would say you have to be committed and you got to be consistent because the thing with mobile homes is that even though, you know, now we feel like me and Byron always joke, like we've opened up the floodgates. Like now you see mobile home investing all over the internet. (laughs) But even though you see it like that, it's still fairly new compared to the traditional real estate market. So I say you have to be consistent because we get a lot of people that, you know, they'll go out to just one mobile home park and, you know, they'll talk to a park manager and they'll be like, well, the park manager said that I can't do business here or they don't have any for sale signs or they don't have any homes and then they just give up. But then you may live in a state that has over a thousand mobile home parks. You see what I'm saying? So it's like the opportunity is out there, but you have to stay committed and you have to stay consistent within the business. If this is something that you really want, you can't allow that one no to, you know, turn you away from a potential business opportunity when there's so many other parks out there. For sure. What would you say, Byron? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, she said that, you know, consistency is key. I think that 
the, the biggest thing is you got to be, you can't let the word no mean more than what it is. Um, it's, this is, a, like she said, it's an industry right now that a lot of people, um, it, they don't, they don't, not say they don't like us, but they're worried because the biggest thing that happens in the mobile home parks is right now it's like the wild, wild west. People move mobile homes out of mobile home parks to somebody else's park. And as a park owner, I lose money when somebody takes a home out of my house. I mean, out of my community. Correct, so right. a lot of times the, the park, all the park managers and owners, they're just trying to protect their community. So, you know, you're going to hear more no's is because their thing is it's just a trust level. So what happens, like Sharni said, when they make those no's mean more than what it is, all they're doing is answering your question. If you say, hey, can I do this? And they say no. That's it. But people make it like, oh, no, nah, this is and then they're giving up. And so, yeah, yeah my, I would say as far as the, the quality, you got to have tough skin. You got to have got tough you. skin. So when you say that they're they're saying no, that's more so like them saying that there's no uh, park, there's no homes for sale. Like what 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 are the no's that they're giving you these park own uh, these community owners? Yeah, so it could be that that they don't have any homes for sale, or it could be that they don't want any investors in their actual mobile home park. But the reason why most don't is because they've already had a bad relationship with a prior investor or dealer, and it just didn't work out. And the owners now have said, hey, we're not doing that anymore. So it's like, sometimes people take that personally, when it's like, it's nothing against you personally. It's just that they don't want to do business with any investors. But it goes back to what I said. That's okay, because that's just one mobile home park when it's thousands of other parks out there that will give you that opportunity. Got you. So you, you said bad relationships. Talk to me about some of the things that can go wrong in this business. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things can can go wrong is the parking. Is, so, for example, if you come in there, add value, you come in there, add value, There's some homes on there that they like, they don't need to get rid of. They don't, the park doesn't care about you come in there, add value. They see that now they can say, oh, well, we could have did this ourselves and kept all the money ourselves. We've unfortunately seen that happen to a few of our students where, you know, again, they come in. I mean, they re- renovate the house. House is looking amazing. And now they're giving them a hard time, you know, even trying to approve people to come into the community. Because that's one thing most people don't know. Most, most parks have a they're like gatekeepers. Right. They mm-hmm. only want a certain type of people in the community. A lot of people are like, well, it's a trailer park. It's a, but no, they still want to pr- make that community still safe and clean for, for them. Right. So, um you know, we've seen that, I think, as well as, um, you know, not budgeting correctly, right? So a lot of times we get people to say, I got $5,000 and I'm just jumping out, but they don't take into consideration additional costs, right? Mm-hmm. Lot We talk about monthly lot rent. You still have to turn on utilities for the house if you're going to, you know, electricity, gas, if you, definitely if you're doing renovations, um, you know, taxes. You know, again, we talked about the tax. Even though it's very low, you still have to put that into consideration. And anything, you know, anything that may go wrong, our first home, we end up finding mold which uh, in the house, which replacing the floors costs us, it's not bad, but it ended up costing us an extra $900, right? Mm. So you just got to be able to budget, you know, budget correctly as well. Do they have like people who come out and inspect the homes, like just like a regular home inspector before somebody moves into the home? Is that, is that the same like a house or how does it work? Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like the wild, wild west right now, right? And that's another thing. That's a you know, I, I preach a lot on our lives. It's a lot of opportunity. So that's mm-hmm. something else that, you know, you can take it like we talk about. It's a shortage of mobile, uh, reliable mobile home. We call them handyman, but mobile home contractors are people who do work on mobile homes. So you really, it's really a small base on those things. But 
the way to do it is you want to find someone who does work in and out of a mobile home, offer them some money. We tell them, listen, no more than 150 bucks. Tell them, listen, can you come inspect my mobile home? And they'll do it for you. Right. And, and, and most parks have guys that can do that. But it is still so much room for like us creating these type of businesses to service the mobile home communities. Why do you think the industry is so antiquated? I mean, being that it's been around for so long, why do you think that they still have those challenges where there's still all this opportunity, which is a great thing, but mm-hmm. why do you think that is? Because, because for one, two, here's the reality. Majority, we talk about rural America, majority of that is white America. Mm-hmm. And mobile homes are still like they turn their nose. That's their hoods pretty much. So mm. it's not a lot of activity. For example, if you, uh, all the listeners, if you look up Sam Zale, Sam Zale is pretty much the number one top dog guy in the mobile home park industry, right? Worth over $20 billion in, in mobile home assets, you know, all this stuff. But he said when he got into the mobile home industry, he lost so many investors. Wall Street was not rocking with him. Like, yo, what? No, no, no. You rocking with them? No, no, we can't, we can't do that. And so it's still the same. People still turn their nose on it. So I look at it for our community. It's like, hmm, okay. They not even, most people that get money in this, they real under the, they real under the radar. Yeah. People don't, their people don't treat them the same. So it's like, oh, that means there's room for opportunity. So like I tell Sharnice all the time, like, listen, people, we see people gentrifying our neighborhood all the time. Well, guess what? Now I'm going to their hood because now I'm about to bring some value and we're going to bring black dollars back to our community. Damn, that's that's dope. That's dope. I like that. You said Sam Zell. He he's the biggest. So he is he um at the point of the manufacturer or is he like a, a big investor? This guy you're talking about ownership. So he uh, he owns uh, equ- uh what is it Sun Sun Communities and equ- Equity Lifestyle. Yeah, two of the largest mobile homes. So they have over if I I want to say they have over like six hundred mobile home communities all across the country. And he owns uh, he he owns six hundred communities himself. That yeah, that, yeah. that company, his company. Yes. Oh man! So he so he owns uh, the the park community that the mobile homes are actually in. So he's yeah. getting paid those HOA fees and all oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 when are you guys going to that level? When 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 is that? What, what at what point do you guys make that step? We just closed on Friday on our first mobile yeah. home community. Oh, <laughs> exclusive <laughs> announcement! Cool and I didn't even know that. That's dope. We haven't even announced that on our page yet. Oh, yeah. that is dope! Congratulations, y'all! Thank Talk you, to me about that. That's Thank super dope. Thank you, man. So, at the beginning when we got in this, that was our number one goal. Yeah, we said that on our first deal. <laughs> we were like, no, nah, we going to own the park. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand the value. Yeah, we saw the numbers because we were just like, hold on. I remember our first part, we asked like, how many homes in this community? He was like, oh, six, over 600. He was like, 600. He was like, wait. And a lot rent at the time was 575. We was like, so we did the multiplication like, per month. We were like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. That is dope. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got the exclusive right here. Yeah, so right. How much square footage on, on y'all community? So we have 51 units. I think acreage, I think we're sitting on six, six or seven yeah, acres. Like six, six, seven acres. acres. Yeah. So you you actually have the 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 homes are there already or Yes, yes. that's already, dope. That's done. major, man. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm thinking I'm I'm planting a seed and y'all already there. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm about to put y'all on and like, hold on, y'all got on these mobile homes. Why not own the, the, the community? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Look at that. Y'all already there, man. That's dope. Tell me about the process to do that, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, for us, for myself, most of 2019 was really trying to tap into that mm-hmm. and uh, really tap into the resources. So the beautiful thing about our brand, the way our brand took off, you know, so many park owners were reaching out and, you know, just like, hey, you know, you know, love what you guys are do. One of the larger platforms, um, you know, a real estate platform reached out to us and was just kind of like, you know, if we find mobile home parts for them, they'll, you know, compensate us. But I'm just like, yo, we need equity. You right. know, like, right. you know, I, I, I don't need no founders. Right. <laughs> I'll rock yeah. with you, but man, right. bro, if I'm doing this, I need equity. So yeah, I mean, it was actually we had a few deals on the table, and you know, yeah. um, it was more in the lines of some deals you had to kind of walk away because it didn't mm-hmm. make sense, and then from experts, you know, just being able to run it by. And so we uh, we were able to partner with a, a previous mobile home owner um, that, you know, again, we built a great relationship. He has over seven communities, and you know, for us we were going to jump in this kind of by ourselves at first and learn, but it was just like, no, why don't we just partner with somebody, mm-hmm. see his systems. And then that mm-hmm. way we can actually, you know, duplicate it. So, you know, he made the process much easier. You know, yeah. I think the, uh, you know, when it came to, you know, the attorneys and everything like that, you know, the paperwork um, and, and pretty much, you know, we, we since we're a partnership, he has the systems where we don't have to be as hands-on, but we're going to just kind of be hands-on just to really, really learn the process. Dope. And and do, do, is this the plan now from moving forward, try to open up more communities and just keep on um, building like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that's the plan. So we already said we want to be the largest um, African-American mobile home park owners in the United States. So this is just the beginning of like, you wow. said, just, you know, using this opportunity to really be, you know, hands-on, really learn what owning a mobile home park looks like so that we can continue to duplicate that. For sure. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about entrepreneurship, man. Byron, I know you're always on the gram. You know what I mean? <laughs> and all that. Let, let, how has entrepreneurship changed your life? Start yeah. with you, Sharnice. It's changed my life completely. <laughs> I was just telling Byron the other day, like, if somebody would have told me, like, man, two years ago that I would have the freedom that I have now, I would have been like, crazy that's that's (laughs) impossible like how could you not work a job like what are you talking about like where you need consistent income like I would have never believed the lifestyle that we have been able to live now is crazy so it's definitely it's changed my life for the for the better and it's even changed you know my family my friends you know they get to see me in a different light and just see something different that you know they've never seen anybody else do. And it's even sure. pushed, yeah, it's pushed them now. Like I have friends, my mm-hmm. family all the time calling me with opportunities and business ventures that they want to do. And it's, I mean, it's a blessing. I love it. What what holds people back, Byron? Hmm. <laughs> That's a great question. What holds people back is two things. One, the fear of what others are going to say and what other people in your circle are going to feel about you taking this step and fear, I mean, and failure. Failure is, the, I would say, the number one thing, right? It's all about, you know, man, well, what if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? All that. And it's just like you created this horror story, so you don't even worry about what goes right in your head. Mm. 
Got you. So when you guys were taking that step, give the people a few jewels of the things that you had to do to get your mindset right to be able to move into entrepreneurship and not have that dependency anymore of a job. What are some of the things that you had to do for yourself, yourselves personally to, to, to make that step and get over that fear of failure? Yeah. So the first thing I had to do, I had to invest in mindset, personal development. I, I maxed out my credit cards on that. I think I had about like 10 grand worth of on credit and I right. maxed it out. I took every course, class, program that I could get in because I knew I had to get my mind right. Um, I had to shift. I was just, today I was really thinking like I had to, I, I'm not saying I had a lot of negativity around me, but I had to pretty much weed that negativity out to make room for positivity. Because here's the thing, when you're in your, entrepreneur, when you're in your entrepreneurship journey, you need a place to be able to find your happiness. Because it can get you down. You got to think about it. you don't know when the, you don't know when things are going to change. You just know the consistency. So all the sacrifices you broke, you sin, and that's another thing. You have to be able to realize that either a you not say unfollow, but you have to allow, not allow social media to put you in a rut. Because now that you're building, you see everybody living a best life. Your people right. and, and and understanding that yeah, like they're still in a great environment. They may have been in their their companies for years and years. And so now they are living their best life, but you can't compare yourself to them. So, you know, it was a lot of definitely a lot of late nights. Right. A lot of grinding. And the grind is actually fun when you're passionate about it, you know. And and, and the biggest thing, too, is it's not going to come overnight. Nipsey said it so perfect. If everybody it's a marathon, you take off sprinting and running, you're going to get tired. But if you got to keep a nice pace, that marathon, like you said, victory lap, when you hit that victory lap, <laughs> man, it's back. <laughs> it's not like it. That's a fact. What about you, Shanice? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that you just really have to know that it's not going to come overnight. I feel like when I first started my entrepreneurial journey, because Byron was already on his, and I remember when we had started back dating, and he was like, that's when he was on his personal development coaches, and I saw the amounts he was charging, and I just knew that he wasn't working. So I remember thinking, like, <laughs> oh, he got it. Like, I'm about to hit the jackpot. Like, B, he out here getting money, money. Like, he good until... You know, we, I, 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 you know, I came back in his life and I really understood, like he said, it's really a marathon. And, you know, like, I feel like that's for anybody. Like sometimes people think like it's going to happen overnight for entrepreneurship because all they hear is that you don't work a job. So if you don't work a job and you still, you know, you haven't moved out of your apartment, you still got your car and everything. They're like, oh, she getting money. And it's like, no, nah, we've had some times over here. Like it's been some times and even during, in the beginning of our mobile home journey, it was some times where the market was high and we was booming, booming, booming. But then it's going to be times where the market was low right. and we was over here with like a thousand dollars in our account, you know right. what I'm saying? And we trying right. to figure it out. So I think it's really just knowing that, you know, you're going to have those down times, but not allowing those down times to take you away from the end goal in the journey. Gotcha. You just made me think of a question. Do the trends in the uh, the typical regular real estate market affect the same as the in the mobile market? Is it kind of like on par with each other? So I feel like it's a domino effect. So, for example, when the housing market is like, you know, pretty low, if it's very low, it gives people from mobile homes opportunity to get in the, to get in a house. Right. Um, you know, we know what the mortgage had turned. People were having, you know, mo- you know, pretty much more success. But unfortunately, when times are bad, mobile homes are booming. Right. Mm. When, when everything happened, when COVID happened, 
people are looking for people, you know, for all these jobs. So people have to really downsize. But at one point, one thing I love, um, it's a recession proof business, right? A lot of our counterparts don't like saying it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's a recession proof because there is no time ever that someone is not looking for affordable housing. It's mm. always the time they're looking for affordable housing. So it's just a matter of just capturing those people and helping them. Got you, got you, got you. That's dope. Let's get back to the, to the mindset stuff we were kind of just talking about. I got, got sidetracked because I wanted to get that question out. Um, what are some specific things that you did? Like you talked about you invested in yourself and personal development. People hear that a lot, right? But we don't really get to specifics. Like what are some of the things you invested in? I mean, if there's any uh, particular books you can drop or people that you invested in, t- t- talk a little bit about that. Well, man, my biggest investment was when I per- got uh, Amazon Audible for fourteen ninety five a month. Mm. All right, fourteen ninety five. That you get a free book every month. And I'm the type. I'm not a good visual person, right? I, I it, like I can read a book, but my my eyes are reading, but my mind is somewhere else. Mm. So a lot of times, I'm like I me. Need the, yeah, I need the <laughs> audio, right? Yeah. And, yeah, I'm a total. <laughs> I can't do audio. <laughs> I needed the audio, so. Uh, man, I would just, you know, I would see what, uh, you know, business books, personal development books that I have. And I, every month I'll just get a new one, make sure I'm listening to it. I turn off the radio in my car. I stopped listening to music and I started listening to audio books and podcast podcasts. There's so many. I mean, if you listen to Truck and Hustle right now, you're already on the right path. That's a fact. But there's so many podcasts. So um, YouTube, you know, I just really mm-hmm. engulfed myself in everything that had to do with bettering yourself. I started listening to so many successful people, the, the Eric Thomases, the Les Browns, the Tony Robbins, the, um, I mean, I could just keep going on, you know, even Gary Vee at the time, like I was learning all of these new people. And then one thing they, they, they had in common, it was just consistency, right? Yeah. It was just being consistent. And so, you know, those were a few sacrifices. I think even had the, my friends, I love, you know, I still love my friends, but some of my friends that, Chinese, I was joking around. I was just getting high and playing 2K all the time, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that I noticed, like, I'm not going nowhere with this. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah, okay, if I gamble on a video game, but what I'm, what, I'm going to make, 40 bucks? You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it's not right, really right. going anywhere. So um, I had to kind of just ch- switch my circle up. Again, I love everybody, and, and I think they realized that the path that I was going on, because I found myself, you know, you conversations, and you like, man, bro, Man, look, I just had, wrote this. I read this book, and this dude went from six figures in six months, and they like, yeah, that's dope and all. But you know, LeBron, you know, he just he just had a triple double the other night. And it's just right, like, right, yeah, you know. And 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 I'm gonna say this: as an entrepreneur, you're going to feel isolated. It's hard because you still want your friends, and you want your friends to come with you. But the path that you just that 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 that's, that you're enlightened on is not for everybody to come with. Now you can help and and, and plant a seed. But sometimes, like, I was finding myself that I was still trying to pull a lot of people with me that I had to let go. And that was the only way for me to go forward. No doubt. What's the biggest misconception about entrepreneurship, you think, from your experience? Mm, That's a good question. I think that uh, I thought this, too. I thought that (laughs) I I thought that if I worked 24 hours a day and everything like that, just go super hard, it's going to happen in like two months, three months. (laughs) I thought I was just going to, I really did. I was really, and then, you know, cause I was on a program. They talk about possibility. Like anything is possible. That's true. That's true. But it's a very, very, very small portion of people that can do an overnight success mm. when the rest of everybody else, they're going to tell you, man, they built this from the ground up. So I think that when we see what happens too, is people see that you are at the level that you are now and they want the lifestyle that you have now versus 
what you had during the journey. They don't really want that. And you got to realize that the wins are wins. For sure. For sure. Um, let's talk about mobile home elite investors, man. Um, cause I, I want everybody to seriously consider locking in with you guys and, 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 you know, seeing what you have to offer. I know after listening to this show, I mean, this opportunity is huge. Like you're saying it's booming and this, even in just getting in this world, there's other opportunities that you could unlock. Right. So when people, um, connect with you guys, what can they expect? Um, through, through, through your training, through your courses, give us an idea how that works. Yeah, so they can expect really just that full picture, that step-by-step, that A to Z on how to close their first mobile home deal inside of a mobile home community. So we have a lot of programs, you know, on our Instagram and our um, the link in our bio on our website, mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. For everybody that's listening now, I would encourage everyone to go on our Instagram at Mobile Home Elite Investors, click the link in our bio and watch our free webinar. Our free webinar, that's like our intro. And, you know, we talked about a few of the markets, but it's really opportunity across the United States for mobile home investing. And we really highlight that in that webinar. And it really just gives you that beginning story of us and how we got started and just a few deals that we've done, just so people can really understand how mobile home investing works. Got you. Can you start with no money? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You could definitely, you can wholesale mobile homes, but you can definitely start with no money. And that's the beautiful thing about what we have. We have so much free content. We got, we got content starting as low as $20. Uh, I mean, not content, we got programs starting as low as $20. And, um, you know, even our, our, our course, I tell people our course is $4.99. And we priced it so low because I realized like everybody who does a deal, they pay their course back plus some. Right. They're not trying to pay their course back. Right. They're going to pay it. It's going to pay the course and they're going to make more money. And that's why we priced it the way we priced it, because it's like we don't want you to have to be like, OK, you paid two grand for our course. You just made you broke even. Now you gotta do another deal. Like, No, you're going to make money on your first deal. No doubt. Tell me about a success story that you're proud of. One of your students um, that went through your training and just something that really like just a highlight that really just stands out in, in, in you guys mind. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do Sarita. Oh, okay. Do her. I'm going to do her. <laughs> yeah. So we got one student, Sarita. She's down in Georgia and she had found a mobile home down there um, for like 6000 and she ended up flipping it for 22500 in like five days. For five days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. That's... So for everybody that's, I know they're going to be like, well, I want to learn more about that. So that's actually on our Instagram page. So if you scroll on our page, you'll see the actual check, the $22,000 check. And she shares her story. But yeah, she flipped it in like five days. And we we were mind blown. We were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. But she, but like when you, when we got to meet her and we got to talk to her, we understood why. Because she just has that drive and that hustle yeah, of not giving factor. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people just have it. And I think that's yeah. another thing that's important. A lot of people, it's all about following through, man, like yeah. and, and doing the work. Right. You, know I mean? <laughs> you have people who are like these serial course purchasers and yeah. work, then they get right. mad results. It's like yeah. that's a perfect example of if you just do the work, man, you and she can have results she better did. than the teacher sometimes. Exactly. You know, right. Man. Crazy. I got one because I I feel like this is perfect for the audience, right? Again, we're on the Truck and Hustle podcast, oh, yeah, yeah. man. So I got it. This one, this one makes me proud. 
But I got Harold again. He's in Georgia. Shout out Georgia folks be killing it, man. Yeah, they be. I don't know what it is about the Georgia folks. <laughs> they they get to it. killing it, man. But Harold, so Harold was a he was an Uber driver. He used to be a truck driver, and he said he had switched over to Uber, uh, Uber driver. And he, he uh, with his tax money, he said he went ahead. He 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 took he bought my ebook, and with his tax money, uh, he was like he went and bought his first mobile home. Now he said for him. With being a driver, what he noticed was there were a lot of drivers standing in extended stays that weren't as clean or, you know, they weren't they weren't really good condition. So what he did was he found a mobile home near a, a mobile home uh, truck stop. And what he said was like, you know what? He rented out per room to drivers. Wow. Rent out per room to drivers. Put like he said, he put hot plates in both of their rooms, mini fridges. And then the living room would just be their common common space. And he was getting, and I think he was getting like $500 per room. And he bought his mobile home for like $1,200. Wow. So it was just like, yo, like, bro, you really thought outside of the box. And it made us think like, yo, that's a great community to serve, you know? And so that was something like to Harold always, I always talk about Harold because again, how many drivers do we have on the road that would love, you know, a nice place or how many drivers are actually really, really living out of their truck that would like to come home and just be like, yo, this is, all right, cool. I got a roof over my head. Cool. Let me get back to it. That's a dope strategy. And I mean, drivers travel the same routes all the time. That kind of actually reminds me of um, pilots have these things called crash pads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they, when, they, when they come to a certain area all the time, they, they have these buildings and they just have rooms in the mm-hmm. crash pads and they pay monthly for these spots. And I mean, that's an awesome business that a lot of people don't know much about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Facts. Damn that that that's crazy. So twenty two six thousand to twenty two thousand in five days. Five days. <laughs> and then and this and this. So is your man? Is Harold still doing that? Like that's his regular business now with the uh with the mobile home. Um, I gotta check back on him. I know he had that, but I think he was just really looking for passive. Okay. He was looking yeah. for passive. That was that one deal, and it you know it really served him. I have to check on him and see how, how he's doing with it. But yeah, I mean you know he was just so happy that. And he turned his turnaround was pretty quick. I think he already had the drivers he had already personally knew. And I think he turned that around less than a month. Got you, man. That's dope. That's dope. Where do you see you, you, you guys in the next five years with 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 your company? What's what's the three to five year plan? And so I see really creating other rock stars. Um, you know, other teachers, other, you know, I think we always said it's bigger than us, you know, yeah. and I think that, you know, for us on the journey, you know, it's been, it's, it's definitely been super dope, you know, and if you talk about, you know, having, you know, kids, you know, we definitely love some young mobile home investing <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, but, um, like that. you know, really just really creating something that's larger than us, having people being proud to be a mobile home elite investor and just, you know, really having them take it to the, to the next level and just, you know, kind of just, just being, you know, being there for them, being their support. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. That and then, of course, you know, continuing to buy up the parks. That's really continuing to buy up the parks. You know, the more the more that we learn, we can, you know, of course, bring that out to the people as well and start putting out courses and even doing some actual deals with some of our students and having them get involved and now them becoming mobile home park owners. So I feel like that's really like our big goal for the next like three to five years. Dope. Dope. I love it, man. This is, this, this has been dope. Yeah. So listen, so what I want to do is I want to kind of wrap things up and, and let y'all continue on with your day. I know y'all got things to do in the beautiful shy, um, <laughs> but I got to get the final thought from both of you. 
And then I want you to let everybody know where they can connect with you and where they can learn more about um, your courses, your training, et cetera, et cetera. So, Sharnice, let's start with you. Let's start with that. Let's get that final thought. Talk to the ladies out there, Sharnice. Yes. So for my ladies that wants to get into mobile home investing, don't think that you cannot do this by yourself. I know I get that all the time. People think that I'm lucky because I have Byron here and that he's been here with me on the journey. But it's been times where Byron wasn't available and I still had to step up and go ahead and get the deal done. I couldn't be like, oh, well, I got to wait on a man. No, call your best friend, call your cousin, somebody. We all got family members, but don't allow that to stop you in the process. And then also us as women, we have to continue to realize our power. Like women, especially black women is so powerful Mm. in anything that we do. And if you just continue to remember that along your journey in any form of investment that you're doing, but I'm talking especially in mobile home investment, like you will kill this market. That's a fact. And the numbers reflect that, man. There's receipts out there. That black women, fastest growing number of entrepreneurs. Y'all are killing it out there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Byron, talk to him. Yes. So I think the, the biggest thing, again, it goes back to remaining consistent, remaining consistent. It's going to be the days that you don't want to do it. Who's going to hold you accountable to keep you going? And, and those days will come. And just know it's, it won't be pretty. Right. You got to be willing to get your hands dirty and things. And any don't look at anything as a failure. It's just experience. Right. Everything is anything that you go that doesn't go your way is just the experience. So you remain consistent. Right. You're going to get the results. If you if you kind of wishy washy and you jump from here to here, kind of that that shiny, uh, shiny object syndrome, then you're going to keep on getting those results. Right. Because like they say, everything that glitters is not gold. So. Once you remain consistent and legit, listen, if you got to listen to some Nipsey Hustle, do that. But look at something to continue keeping you on your path and keeping you focused. And the people, the right, you pray about it, the right people will come in your life, right? The right person will come in your life and things will shift. But you have to be willing to commit to it because my biggest thing, God not going to give it to you if he realized that you ain't ready for it. So you got to be willing to be ready for it and showing, showing that action and consistency will get you there. That's a fact. And let everybody know where they can connect with you guys and where they can learn more about uh, mobile elite investors. Yes. So we're really heavy on Instagram. So you can follow us on Instagram at mobile home elite investors. That's the same thing for our Facebook and then our YouTube channel as well. But that's MH elite investors. And we actually do a little episode series where we are highlighting each market in the United States every Tuesday. So Mm, that's that's something. Yeah, that's something big for your listeners to go out there on our YouTube channel and they can just look up their state and we do videos on the mobile home market in each state. No doubt. Chi-Town's finest <laughs> went from working in the trucking business and social work <laughs> to buying up mobile homes to buying the goddamn community. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, y'all, it was so dope having y'all today on Truck and Hustle. Everybody, make sure y'all connect with Byron and Shawnee's dope people, dope, dope spirits. I actually had the pleasure of meeting y'all in ATL, yeah. so we've connected on a yeah. personal level. Um, this was great, man. I learned a lot and, you know, I hope everybody else got some um, value out of this and I just, you know, everybody stop by their Instagram, hit them up, let them know you got some value out of this podcast. All right, y'all. So we appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on Truck and Hustle. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. We out. If you like what you heard, 
It's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.